I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today we have a crazy entitled parent story all revolving around a water bottle. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, entitled parent demanding Christmas off work. So I work in a care home, so 24-hour care every day of the year. We have a new worker who's 21 and has six kids. We've just been given the Christmas rota and we're allowed to work it ourselves, so we either work Christmas or New Year. This girl is refusing to work Christmas, saying she has kids, why should she work, and that people with no kids are selfish jerks if they don't work Christmas. Also, she won't work New Year because she organized a New Year's party for her kids. Um, just because we haven't squirted out six kids doesn't mean we don't have a family at home or even grandparents who it could be their last Christmas on this earth. I told her that she can't just demand days off due to kids and everyone has a reason for wanting to be home. And she said she doesn't care about anyone else and will quit if she has to work it. Not to mention the fact that she also refuses to work any holiday such as Easter because of her kids refuses to work bank holidays, and wants six weeks in the summer holidays off. She also refuses to work more than three days a week because it affects her benefits. Some people, honestly, who hires them? I would also like to mention we work night shifts and she sleeps the majority of them, and if you try to wake her up, she starts screaming at you how she has kids. And we can't imagine how hard and tiring her life is at home and she comes to work for a break. I'm still stuck on the second sentence, 21 and 6 kids? Are they in a Brady Bunch situation or did they get to work too early? Also, hi, I'm Steven and if you enjoy fueling your hatred for these entitled parents, why not hit that subscribe button down below? Our next story is, am I the jerk for using the handicap stall in a public bathroom? I, 27 year old female, had bunion surgery a week ago and have a hard time getting around right now. I'm using crutches and I've finally gotten the hang of them. My mom took me to an appointment a few days ago to check on the healing progression. Now, for more information, this doctor's office is like an hour away from where I live, so on the way back, I had to use the bathroom. It was lunchtime, so my mom pulled into a McDonald's so we could get a cheap lunch and I could go to the bathroom. Another thing to note is I have a hard time getting up from the toilet with the heavy cast and the crutches. As I was in the stall, I heard someone come in the bathroom and huff that the handicap stall was in use. I felt bad, so I tried to hurry up the best I could. It took me longer than expected because, again, I was having issues getting up and I had to use the bar on the one side. Well, when I finally got out of the stall, this woman started screaming at me that her child who was in a wheelchair really needed that bathroom and that I was selfish for using it. She proceeded to yell at me the entire time I was trying to wash my hands. I was holding back tears because I don't like people yelling at me. I feel bad because her child was in a wheelchair, but I still feel like I'm covered and not the jerk. Maybe I'm wrong? Am I the jerk? OP had a legitimate use for that handicap stall. I don't think that lady was ever going to be understanding, but OP's not the jerk. This next story is, strangers wanted me to watch their kid. This happened years ago, but I can't forget it. I'm a season ticket holder for a local minor league baseball team. I'm a child-free woman. 
I was sitting in my seat, drinking a beer and waiting for the game to start. These two guys and a little boy showed up and sat near me. From what I could hear, the younger man was the kid's father, the older one was the grandfather. There's a bar and a grill off of left field. The two guys were looking at it and talking about wanting to go there to drink, but they don't want to bring the kid, even though kids are allowed there. Then, Grandpa turns to me and asks me if I could watch the kid so he and his son could go there to drink. He was dead serious. I told him no. He got all pissy about it. Guess he figured that all women love kids. I don't like most kids and I don't babysit, but there was nothing he could do. I did keep an eye on them. If they took off and left the kid there, I would have found the nearest detail cop and reported a case of child abandonment. And I would have told them to look for the kid's father and grandfather in the bar. But wow, who the heck thinks that some random stranger woman is going to be happy to babysit your grandson? Why do they even bring the kid to the game if they don't want to spend time with him? I don't know how old the kid is, but I know I was pretty aware of my whereabouts when I was young. That kid might remember that moment where their father and grandfather didn't even want to stick around them. Our next story is, Entitled Parents Screams at a 7 year old. This happened like 12 years ago, I was 7 at that time. So the characters here are my bully, 7 years old at the time, and Entitled Mother, her entitled insane mom, SC, the crappy school counselor, and my mom. Every day in school since I started elementary, my bully would bully me insanely bad. Like literally, she would beat me up so badly that sometimes I was bleeding. One day I got fed up with her BS and I hit her back and she started crying. Next day, her entitled mother came to school with bully and they were waiting for me at the school's gate. I came to school and entitled mother storms at me with bully and proceeds to scream her lungs out at me for the next 10 minutes because I hit her child. She screamed so loud and called me a bunch of names, cussed at me and it was that bad that I was traumatized, crying my eyes out like I was so scared of that woman. Entitled mother finally leaves me alone and I run to class. Half an hour passes and I was called to come to the counselor's office. There was entitled mother, bully, crappy school counselor and my mom. My mom knew about that girl bullying me badly so my mom told everything to the counselor. However, Entitled Mother before my mom came and lied to the counselor about how I was racist and I hit her child because of it. Girl was Romani, but I was seven. I had never thought to be racist. I never hated anyone for their skin color. I was just defending myself because Bully literally beat me up every day since the first day of first grade and I got fed up. And whenever my mom even showed literal proof that Bully had bullied me, beat me up every day, and everyone around me in school knew and could confirm that bully beat me up every day. Entitled mother started screaming at my mother and me and kept saying, well OP shouldn't have hit bully, even though she well knew what her kid was doing to me for months. I got into trouble and bully continued to beat me up until she moved to another school. But thankfully one good thing in this, like two years after this, that counselor was fired. The school that I went to was very corrupted and bad and they never did anything about bullying and victims always got in trouble and the whole grading system even was unfair. Welcome to Serbian elementary and middle schools. I know this sounds unrealistic but unfortunately for me this is a real story. I'm still healing mentally from all the trauma I have from that school and mostly that period when bully beat me up every day. Right up until OP said that their school was corrupted, I was going to say you could tell this school and the people that work for that school are just not good. 
Our next story is the water bottle incident. The day I decided to cut ties with my entitled mother. Hi, I'm 23 year old non-binary, a dramatic witch and I love writing. So this post is a long one. Make sure you're sitting comfortably and please enjoy this tale of my wicked mother and the water bottle saga. Allow me to set the scene for you. It's autumn 2018. I'm visiting during my first year of uni to stay with my parents and brother, younger by a few years. My mother is a narcissist and my father is a doormat. One morning, whilst both parents are out at work, I decide to cook myself breakfast. This sounds really mundane, but it's important for a few reasons. Namely, my parents rarely cook, ready meals mess with my health, and the kitchen is a cluttered mess, stocked with all kinds of useless food you can't actually make a meal out of. By this point, various health problems had conspired to make this my first proper meal for a few days. I made fried eggy bread, french toast but savory, whatever you want to call it. This detail, the frying, is somewhat important for later. I cook, then clean up after myself. Years of childhood abuse has trained me to try to leave no trace of my passing, so even though we have a dishwasher, I wash everything by hand, just in case something I've used ends up being wanted for use later and used as a reason to shout at me. My mother's left her water bottle in the sink, foreshadowing which I remove from the sink and place on the side to wash up my stuff. I go upstairs, eat, the meal is good. I hear my mother come home. Like the traumatized child I am, I move one ear of my headphones off so I can hear more clearly. If she shouts for me, I must respond quickly or else she'll get angrier. She indeed shouts for me. I yank my headphones off all the way and race downstairs to the kitchen. She turns to me, full voice of scorn. Next time you cook something, shut the doors to the rest of the house and open the windows. Otherwise, you'll make the whole house stink of burnt oil. I say my placating apologies and promises to do better next time. I'm excused only after a brief verbal lashing and retreat back upstairs to my room. That wasn't so bad, I think. Alas, it was not the end. She shouts for me again. I rush downstairs, thrumming with anxiety, waiting diligently in the kitchen. Her back is to me. In the mildest, faintly wondering voice, she asks, Did you wash my water bottle? My mind races. What is the correct answer here? What will leave me the most unscathed? Is her water bottle fancy and special and she's worried I washed it in the wrong way and ruined it somehow? Does she think it's damaged? I answer truthfully. No. Wrong answer. She is furious. The verbal lashing begins. I'm lazy, ungrateful, selfish. How could I not even do so little as wash her water bottle? There is no room for me to explain that I barely made it out of bed, let alone made food, let alone washed up, let alone managed to do more than the bare minimum. No sympathy, no understanding, nothing but vicious criticism and verbal abuse. I stand there and take it. I apologize. Eventually she's finished and I slink back to my room. Now, the thing is, whilst I'd grown up with this sort of treatment and developed a kind of thick skin, a numbness to it, I'd been at university for months. At university, I wasn't savagely berated for every minor mistake I made. I wasn't bullied, I wasn't shouted at. In fact, I'd been surrounded by lovely friends who supported me, built up my self-esteem, and encouraged me. This meant I no longer had my thick skin. My mother's words sunk into me like knives and I cried. 
and thanks to my childhood leading me to repress most of my feelings, I very, very rarely cried. Lo and behold, what misfortune, what rotten timing. This was the moment my brother barged into my room. He stopped short upon seeing me very obviously crying. He said, what happened? I didn't need to say much. Mum. He said, oh. Then I asked to be left alone, and he left. A few days went by without incident, being criticized right down to the moral quality of my character for simply not washing a water bottle had all but faded from my mind. On my last night before returning to uni, we went out for a meal in a restaurant. Often these are the only times my family talks to each other. The food is fantastic and the conversations going nicely enough. Then my dear brother, making a habit of rotten timing, does the conversational equivalent of dropping a bomb. He says, Mom, you do know you made OP cry. The table goes silent. I would very much like to not exist. Unsurprisingly, this is not something I would have ever wanted to bring up, let alone in public. My mother, all innocently miffed with wide eyes, turns to me and asks, Did I? And unable to lie, something to do with being neurodivergently averse to it, and having had lying beaten out of me as a kid, I say yes. She is astonished. To my profound, dizzying relief, she doesn't get angry. She doesn't raise her voice. She doesn't berate me. I guess I should really be grateful my brother didn't bring this topic up in private, since the public setting probably stopped her from blowing up on us. We talk. I haltingly explain that sometimes the way she talks is hurtful, that she says mean things or speaks harshly, that little things set her off. She takes it well, I think responding with amazement and good humor. At the time, I was too relieved to view it as anything but a positive. Hindsight from a few years perspective, retelling this tale to friends and a few therapists, has me recognizing her reactions as belittling. She didn't react as if she was horrified at how she'd hurt me. She didn't express any regret or attempt to apologize. Every response was of the tone, Oh gosh, little old me did that? Well, I never. How strange. I guess I'm just a little quirky. How silly. She was undermining the severity of it all, making light of it. She was smiling sheepishly and laughing. I, having not yet had the habit of coping via humor trained out of me, which was done by trying to tell jokes to my therapist and her sincerely responding with a sobering, that sounds like an awful experience, leaned into it recounting painful or uncomfortable memories as funny stories. The meal ends, we go home, and I go to sleep feeling a little lighter and a little hopeful. Surely this was the hardest part. The ever so touchy subject had been broached. Perhaps the relationship between my mother and I could really change for the better, grow into something more honest and open, something closer. I was freaking naive, of course, and this story is barely halfway done. My mom is a narcissistic and petulant parent, desperate to be the victim. The next day, as I'm all packed and ready to go, putting on my shoes by the front door, my dad asks my mom if she would like to join us for the drive to my uni. She says, well, I don't know, am I wanted? Bemused, I poke my head into the room she sat in and say, yes, of course she's wanted. You see, although my mother was presumably now seeing our relationship in a wholly new light, To me, very little had changed. This crap had been my whole childhood, right up until the present. Just because I'd torn aside the illusion that everything was fine and perfect to reveal that I was actually very... 
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Very hurt and fearful didn't mean that our relationship, at least on my end, had changed. She seems surprised to see me, but pleased I want her company and joins my dad and I for the drive to my uni to see me off. And still... The biggest BS is yet to come. It's now winter term and I'm fighting through the exam season. Biochemistry is not an easy course, and I have plenty of revision to do. At 5.11am, I get a message from my mother. It begins, this is incredibly hard to write, I love you so much, I'm sorry to say this but you've really upset me. I've been hurting since Friday at dinner, I've been crying for the last hour and feel like a crap mother. Just to be clear, to really paint a picture for you, I wake up during exam week to see this message from my mother sent at 5 freaking am. Needless to say, my stress levels skyrocket. Her exceedingly long message continued with saying how hard she's trying to get my pronouns right. Not once did I bring up the topic of pronouns during the conversation of how she made me cry. I'm still not sure why she brought it up here. She then says that she's been walking on eggshells, scared of offending me, which is funny in a tragic way, since that's how I've always felt like around her. Her message continues to say that she had some hard weeks at work, that ministry is emotionally, physically, and spiritually draining. She's hurt that her feelings never seem to matter. When she shouts, it's because she's deeply hurt. Please, dear reader, remember the catalyst of all this? I didn't wash her water bottle. She was deeply hurt because whilst providing food for myself and cleaning up after myself, I didn't wash the bottle she had left in the sink. This is what deeply hurt her to the point of berating me to tears. Her message continues in similar fashion. Oh yes, it goes on much longer. Her trying hard to use the right pronouns for me is brought up again. She says she's neglecting work to write this because... I thought you were more important. She spent two sleepless nights over this. She very dramatically talks about how she'll struggle to lead that morning's church service, but crying in front of your congregation is not an option. The message finally concludes with her saying that she loves me, is terrified I'll never want to visit again, and I'm sorry I'm so crap. So all in all, a rather guilt trip heavy message with a mere two apologies both of which are accompanied by self-deprecation. The remaining 300-odd words are her bewailing her tragic struggles, how terrible she feels, and how valiantly she's soldiering on through her work. Setting aside any hopes of managing to focus on revision, I painstakingly put together a reply, 
I do my best to be kind but firm, affirming that I still love her and I can appreciate her struggles, but that she has hurt me and any pain or difficult she's going through does not justify how she's treated me. It ends up being a fairly lengthy message in an attempt to demonstrate how this has been an ongoing problem, that is, spanning all the way back to when I was a kid, and that it's recognizable outside of just the relationship between her and I, I mentioned that during my visit, my brother and I had joked that she had brought back my childhood nickname by calling me a selfish cow. This was a grave error. Her reply, sent the following morning at 1.43am, begins to kick someone when they're down. Twist the knife and to bring your brother in for extra pain is impressive, and it really doesn't get any better from there. I've already apologized for being a crap mother, but thanks for dragging up the past where there have been things I'm not proud of. Shouting seemed to be the only way to get you to do anything. It came out of pain and frustration. Tell me when you've done something to help without it. Let's use the last two weeks. When did you do anything other than for yourself? How did you expect me to feel to find you wouldn't even wash my water bottle? I've compared my childhood friend who, one time when we were kids, made a cup of tea for my mother without being asked to. My friend drinks tea. She simply made an extra cup for my mother whilst making one for herself. I don't drink tea. In fact, I don't drink anything much except water. But offering to get my mother a glass of water just wouldn't have the same depth of appreciation that a hot cup of tea would, right? Or perhaps, with how much she took the water bottle stuff to heart, the act of refilling her water whilst I did mine is exactly the gesture of mother-child appreciation she's been craving all these years. Anyways, my pronouns are brought up AGAIN, this time about how I make a big deal about it, and when her and my dad get description wrong, I apparently roll my eyes and mouth the correction to my friend. I would not dare to roll my eyes in the vicinity of my mother since it's like pressing the button on a bomb. And it's always my friends mouthing the corrections because my parents have explicitly told me not to correct them because it's rude or something. And seemingly contrary to my mother's beliefs, I do my utmost best to avoid conflict. I'm really not sure how to sum up the rest of the message. Basically, she acknowledges that shouting is bad, but oh, how else was she supposed to react when she felt various synonyms for unloved and ignored and tired and sad? Shouting is her emotional release, as if that justifies it all. Then she drops in the fact that she didn't throw up over her congregations, congrats I guess, before saying she didn't know if she should even reply to my message. The reason is, she didn't want to turn it into a childish who hurt who first or who is hurting more argument. But after another sleepless night, I decided I would. So at least she's aware that it's a childish pissing contest over who's the most hurt and miserable. I reply the next day, but what I said doesn't matter. I never got a reply. The reason for this will be explained later. Stay tuned, folks. Months go by. I don't hear a single word from my mother. I try messaging my dad to ask how mom feels about me. His reply is the colossal understatement that, I think she's a little upset you wouldn't wash her water bottle. Oh sweet ignorant father, we are way past this just being about the water bottle. Asking my brother gets a more informative, bluntly candid answer. Mom has been ranting about me behind my back and saying that I'm trying to turn the family against her. A very positive reunion to look forward to then, because summer break is fast approaching, 
and my accommodation contracts between my first year flat and my new second year flat have a few months long gap. I have nowhere else to go. I have to return to living with my parents. Anxious as freak, I move back in with them. Eerily, my mother acts as if the whole debacle never happened. There is no follow-up, no continuation of the argument, not even a trace of animosity that I can detect. I had no idea what to do. Should I try to bring up the subject to find a resolution? Or at least some kind of closure? Follow her lead and pretend it never happened? Dear reader, be rest assured. To say I felt like I was walking on eggshells would be an understatement. Weeks pass, maybe a month. The usual friction is there between us when I try to avoid incurring her wrath and mostly keep to myself. She makes passive-aggressive hints that I should be helping out around the house more. Again, my parents don't do much cooking, and if they do, it's always my father. We have a dishwasher, so there's very few dishes to do by hand. Sometimes I help with laundry, keeping the basket from piling up too much. One day, my mother's waiting for a lift, so she pokes her head into my bedroom to look out the front window it has, looking for the car. She spots a bowl of sweets I brought earlier in the week and asks to have some. I invite her to help herself. And so I end up in the disastrous situation where my mother, linchpin of my childhood trauma, is sat in my room, on my bed, eating my sweets. After a bit of harmless conversation, somehow the topic moves on to me admitting that I wasn't sure if I was even welcome back here to stay with my parents because she never replied to my message. She tells me rather detachedly that she never even read my message. Oh no, in fact, she had deleted the entire messaging app she was using to contact me. And why? What was her reason for doing this? Eating another few of my sweets, she explained, I felt that if I had read your message, I might not have wanted you to come home. I don't know how to describe how I felt, but a good portion of me certainly felt trapped. This woman who had raised me was sat in my room, my only retreat, my safe space, on my freaking bed eating my sweets and had told me plainly to my face that she might not have wanted me to be here. The conversation only worsens from there, stuff about me not doing enough around the house. She made the argument, if you had a flatmate who didn't pay rent, didn't pay for food, and didn't do any cleaning around the place, would that be okay? And I said, no, of course not, but I didn't give birth to that flatmate or choose to keep them and raise them. Nope, same thing, same situation. Nothing I argued was considered for a second. I was selfish and lazy and ungrateful for not doing housework. It got to the point where I, on the verge of tears, asked, so if I don't contribute anything to society, if I don't benefit other people somehow, then I am inherently worthless? And she stared right into my tear-filled eyes, and with all the conviction of God himself, she said, yes. Then her ride arrived, and she left my room to head out the house, leaving me in tears with my now half-eaten bowl of sweets. And that was the moment that I decided I never wanted to stay with my parents again. Not like this. No matter the cost, whatever my situation, I was going to get a tenancy contract that lasted over summer so I wouldn't have to come back here. I never wanted to be dependent on my parents again. The main thing that always sticks with me with stories like this is hearing how people at one point or another develop the ability to just turn off their emotions. 
Because these people will yell at you and belittle you, these kids grow up to learn to just how to be stoic in those situations. If you don't, you're going to have the hardest time coping with this stuff. Our next story is, parent wants me to give out former employee's private number over not work-related function. Context, I work with STEM researchers, I'm admin, and several of them are passionate about engaging young people in STEM and active in several ways outside their work. One such employee, we'll call him Chris, have helped found and run an initiative for young kids taught by volunteers. While being aligned with his work for us, it has no formal ties to our organization. I think he once borrowed some office space on the weekend for a workshop, but that's about it. Chris left last year for another job. Two days ago, I answer our main number. This is so-and-so organization, OP speaking. How may I help you? The entitled parent says, Hi, I'd like to speak to Chris. I say I'm sorry, but Chris no longer works here. They say, well, I need to speak to him. My kid is signed up for this STEM thing that you people do. I say I'm sorry, but he's no longer here, and we have no affiliation with what he does in his free time. They say, well, can't you give me his new number? What company does he work for now? And I know they've been in your building, so just give me someone who can help me. I say I'm sorry, I don't have that information. We have hosted an event once, but we don't share a physical space, nor are any of the volunteers employed here. The entitled parent sighs deeply. Obviously, I'm too stupid to understand her question. Okay, how do you spell his last name? I'll just look him up on Facebook and message him then. Me, noping out of the stocking part, says, I'm sorry, but we can't help you. I suggest you reach out to them via their official website. I'm sure it has an email address. Good day. Yesterday, she called on my direct work number, didn't remember that she already spoke to me, and the above conversation repeated. But sure, your kid's hobby's worth stalking people over. It's both a bit weird and impressive that their go-to is just looking them up on Facebook. If you have a Facebook, I'm willing to bet one of the last things you want are random people hitting you up for business things. That said, our final story of the day is, Entitled Parents Demand Our Table. So this was years ago, so forgive me if I'm fuzzy on the details, but I think it's a funny story. Once when we were visiting my grandma, my dad offered to take us to McDonald's. It was the holidays, so the place was packed, but we managed to grab the last free table, and my dad left us with my grand to save it while he got food. While we were waiting, this couple with a girl a little older than me comes up and asks my grand to move. She tells them, sorry, no, we're just waiting on food, thinking that they thought we'd finished. The woman tells her she should move because it's their table. They saw it earlier and wanted to sit there when they got their food. My grand says, sorry, but one of them should have sat down and saved it then. This woman isn't having it and is saying we need to move because she has a seven-year-old and she's tired and hungry. My grand looks at her like she's an idiot before gesturing to the four kids between ten and two, sat there staring at them before saying we're all tired and hungry and we're the ones who sat and saved the table. At this point, the dad starts shouting at her to move and I think my littlest sister started crying. Then my dad came over to see what was happening. As soon as this guy sees him, no joke, he goes white. My dad is one of the sweetest, kindest men you will ever meet. He's also a six-foot-something ex-rugby player who is very protective of his daughters and can get scary when it comes to looking out for us. Clearly, it's one thing to try to bully an old woman and another angry man because they back away and storm out the mom screaming that she'll never set foot in McDonald's again, 
Judging by the thumbs up the staff were giving us, I don't think anyone was torn up about that. It's McDonald's. As long as they do the absolute basic job, they're not going to be suffering on business because these people don't show up there again. Good on the dad for running them out of there. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy entitled parent story, check that video out on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.